0: This is Melanie Ake, your host for Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Everyday Leaders is an inspirational show to help you develop strategies to overcome everyday obstacles in your life. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Michelle Weidenbenner, a mom who is developing strategies to help parents of addicted loved ones. In her book, Mom's Letting Go Without Giving Up, Michelle provides a seven step system that can help you with the strategies to work through your own pain and learn how to live a life with purpose. Join me in celebrating this inspirational everyday leader who is sharing her journey and turning her pain into purpose. Start your personal growth journey today. Learn how to be an everyday leader in your life. Go to everydayleaders.com, where you can register for classes to develop your own leadership strategies. Or gather with us each morning for our leadership devotionals. You can also invest in yourself with personal life coaching. Remember, you can still help us fill the Airstream mobile studio with shoes and backpacks, We're supporting Olivia Russo-Hood's Save the Earth Project and our own Hoosier foster care agencies. Go to everydayleaders.com for our schedule of local collection sites and dates. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Michelle Weidenbenner. I am so glad you're on the program today. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, Great to be here. Girl, Thanks for inviting me. Uh, fellow Hoosier, but you were actually born and raised in Michigan. So here we go, to the Midwest, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I went from a big town city girl in Detroit to a small town little suburb in Indiana. Very different. Very different. But you're a Hoosier. So we have to celebrate that because all of us Hoosiers, right, yeah. we may have been transplanted, but we're we're strong with our Hoosier build. And also, I got to tell people, you are another John Maxwell team member. So here we go. Our blood Woo-hoo. is strong and thick, right, <laughs> for leadership. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on the program because your platform is Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up. And this really runs deep within for all parents that are dealing with kids um, or loved ones that have any kind of an addiction. And so right. I really appreciate you've got so much knowledge and wisdom. I, I love how this program is developing because people are like, oh, I want to hear more about this. And so I really listen to um, my listeners, you know, that, that reach out to me. And you're one of these people, Michelle, that has... You've been an author, you're a podcaster, you do everything to, ed- educate, <laughs> to educate people. And so, well, I try. I you try. do. And yeah. this is a really important topic because, um, as we've seen the opioid crisis and so many other things that are happening, today we have the coronavirus that's a crisis in our life. Yeah. But you, right. uh, I want you to help us and lead us through this, this process of recovery because we can apply this to anything that we're doing anything. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so true.
1: And, um, many of the moms of addicted loved ones that I talk to every day, um, what people are going through with the coronavirus, we kind of have to cope with this every day when our children are, our adult children are in active addiction because a lot of them are homeless. Um, we don't, we don't know if we're going to get the call that they have overdosed we live in fear. We live in fear. We, we have to rely on our, um, higher power. And for me and most of the moms in my group are are believers. So we believe in the power of prayer and God and, um, finding hope, um, through supporting each other on this journey. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different tools that we can use with the virus and, and with whatever our worry or fear is. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, you know, for you, I want to have people really connect to your journey. And so understanding, you know, what has influenced you and inspired you to be so passionate about stepping into this purpose of helping other other people through this?
1: Well, back Years ago, um, when we first realized our son and daughter-in-law had addiction problems, um, they had young children, and we used to worry that they would, the grandkids would die. And so I, I went out there and I tried to find support. Like I was, I was one of these like pre-John Maxwell, you know. It was like, somebody, could somebody just tell me what I'm supposed to do with this? Like, how am I supposed to cope with this? And I would go to like AA meetings and MA meetings. And I learned about the 12 steps. And I thought, well, that doesn't really tell me anything. Like, I just could not find the support. And, and at the time, our son and daughter-in-law were not aware. They were really, really open about what they were going through. So... Uh, there was that shame, there was that secret, well, I can't really blab it to the world, because they aren't out with it, and this is their story to tell, but then I was like, well, wait a minute, where's my story to tell, right, because moms, um, I, I just didn't know, how, right, but would say, well, you just keep enabling, and I'd be like, enabling, what are you talking about, a mom, who loves and comes to crises, family crises with solutions and with, with ways to, you know, overcome these obstacles. And so I would continually be coming back to the table and sitting down and, um, trying to find ways to help. Right. And, and now that I know what I know, I I realized that I was probably just delaying the inevitable, the inevitable being, you know, jail time, um, pulling pulling that rug out from underneath their choices or their poor addiction had caused, you know, mom and dad. And so once, once I got to the other side of um, being able to express what I was going through, and once our son and daughter-in-law got into recovery, and we able to really speak out about addiction. I felt that God was relying on me. Like I felt I had a responsibility. It, it was like, he was saying, Hey, look, Michelle, you can help others because you've been there. So when I saw John Maxwell on TV, like five years ago, I didn't even know who he, well, maybe it was more than that. I didn't even, might, might've been in like 2014. And I saw him talking about intentional living, choosing a life that matters. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my goodness, I want to do. That. Am I doing that? Because we were approaching retirement and I started thinking, am I doing enough? And I how is God? He's calling me. And oh, my goodness, am I staying in the word? You know? So all those things were, were coming at me from all different directions. And I wanted to make a difference. And I knew that God gifted me, right? And so you look at your gifts, you look at your spiritual gifts and you think, where can I give back? And, um, and then just doors started opening. Um, as an author, I always thought, well, it was, it was my, I, I am gifted in encouraging others. And so I would encourage people to write and to become published. But then um, once, we, things got so bad for our family, and we took legal guardianship of our grandkids. I realized how many other parents were struggling, grandparents raising grandkids, um, you know, just moms, because I could relate from a mom's point of view. So I just started the ministry. I wrote the book, Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up Seven Steps to Self Recovery. Um, Because if moms don't change, if moms don't find a way to make themselves a priority, um, it's kind of like putting on the oxygen mask when you're on a plane, right? Mm -hmm. You can't give somebody you don't have something you don't have. And if if we can't take care of ourselves, how are we supposed to teach our children how to do that, right? No matter how old they are.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So that's kind of how things... um, happened for us, our, our son and daughter-in-law are now about 14, 15 months into recovery. Um, they recently moved back to the city where we live, um, and are trying to, um, just visit their children. Once again, there's a lot of trust issues there, but, um, you know, we just, it's a new season again because, um, there are a lot of things that have to happen with mom's with, with our our son and daughter-in-law and their children but we don't we just keep hoping and praying for the best and we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring so we just live for today
0: i think that's the piece of it that if you haven't been through it it's really hard to to look across the street right and judge people and say well if you could only do this oh, or you only saw this yeah. or if you only knew and, and so that's where I say you are such an important person to have on this show because there are so many people that are going through this either publicly or privately. And so right. the fear of being able to tell even your friends, right, I have somebody in my life that I'm trying to help because the stress that it takes on you personally, you know, trying to hold down a job and then have this part in your life or being retired – Trying to take care of your yeah. grandchildren, trying to, you know, appear in your social circles that everything's okay, right? Uh, right. yeah, and they see it, right? And, Other people see it, and you don't and, realize it, mm-hmm. but but so much of the stigma
1: and the judge, the judging. So, for instance, like a son or daughter in law who um, had cancer, they were struggling with a disease of that nature, and they were in say a treatment program for that when people saw me they might say hey how is how is uh, your son's treatment program going mm-hmm. is he finding success in that but um with addiction recovery nobody says a word right. it's like nobody ever asks me not even family not even family they don't say hey you you know how's that ryan doing in recovery um and what's he really struggling with now or how can i pray for him there was just nothing and i think part of that is because people don't people don't know if you want to talk about it if you're embarrassed about it and they don't understand it but part of yeah, okay. So, so like I, I wrote this book and I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, anybody who wants to download it for free as an ebook can go to moms, go.com. And in the book, I say, join this private group, this private Facebook group. And almost 700 moms have joined in just like three or four months here because there, they are able to say, oh my goodness, I'm not alone. Struggling with this too, so they can talk about it, and I don't have to just make suggestions. Others, mo- other moms can say, "Have you tried this? Have you joined this group? Here's support that's helped me." And so it's just snowballing. It's just, and every day I hear moms come to me and they say, "Thank you so much for providing this safe place for us." Mm-hmm. But I. I want them to be able to go out and speak in their communities about it, so that other people can approach this problem. Like, oh, more than 150 people are dying a day of overdoses, yet the coronavirus is so much fewer. But but yet, it's it's just everybody's panicking, right? But if moms and dads realize how at risk their children's are, uh, their children, their children are. <laughs> Of this disease, or you know, whatever you want, a lot of people don't want to call it disease. Um, I think they would be fearmongering too. So, anyway, but i i can't I can't fight that mm-hmm. battle by myself. I mean it, it, and and I'm not. I I'm one of these people who I like to show positive encouragement um, and show other people what to do by example, not because I'm going to hit them over the head with some lecture that's going to, you know, put the fear God into the fear into them, that they should be acting a different way. Um, but when like 90% of, of teens will try drugs or alcohol, right. And not all of them will become addicted, but for that one person that does, um, When they first start, when they first choose to experiment or try, they're not, um, yeah, they're making a choice, right? They're making a choice, but then the way their body metabolizes that ethanol in their system, Mm -hmm. um, which is what the body, you know, alcohol or drugs do that breaks down in their system, the way their body um, metabolizes that is different. Than the rest of the teens who end up saying, Oh my gosh, my fourth beer, You're like, forget that. I'm not doing that again. That wasn't worth it. Like right. I'm sick. Right. Um, but, but for that one person, um, they metabolize it different in the brain, those dopamine levels in the brain. It's kind of like when you have your coffee in the morning, it's like, Oh yeah, I want more of that. Right. Right. And so it, 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 be, it takes over and it becomes this brain disease where, um, oftentimes moms will say to me, "Well, why can't my son quit doing this for his own children for crying out loud?" And I'd be like, uh, because it's a brain disease."' Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's just like it, it, it's like saying, okay, you have cancer, so go out and stop that, right. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the protocol for the prescription for that disease is, is certain things depending on the pathway their body came to addiction. So so if it's a mental health disorder, which oftentimes underlines addiction, then it is getting the, the true um, diagnosis and treating the mental health disorder with that addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the stigma, people just hide and they want
0: to just fix it themselves. Right. Anyway, so sorry, I'm probably going on and on too. No, this (laughs) is great because when you're talking, Michelle, I think about, uh, you know, many people that I have come across in my own life, um, friends and family, right, that are dealing with situations like this. And sometimes it's really hard to say that it's not our responsibility, right? And I think you talk a lot about that, but Being able to separate yourself and saying just because this is the choice that they've made and this is the thing, these are the things that are happening, there is nothing that I'm going to be able to change, doing anything differently, besides giving them access to resources. And it's, but it is their choice, right, to be able to either step into the treatment or be able to have support for that treatment. But if they decide that it's not something that they are committed to or even aware of, you know, and just the denial part, right? I'm sure you, you talk right. about all this, but the denial yeah. of the yeah. person that's experiencing this um, addiction, right? That's the the key that we can't fix that. We as, you know, a side, side yeah. uh, supporters. There's society, right, yeah. So that's the key that I think um, for, for many people... I have not experienced this in, you know, my own personal circle. I have, um, I think the message is many people that are experiencing this that have to live with this every single day, the strength and the courage Mm -hmm. that you get through being a faith first, but having the strategies, these seven steps that I want you to walk us through, because I think it's really powerful for people to say, if I can have a plan, if I can make a plan, if I can start today and do something different, how can I help be a part of the solution? And so that's that's what I think is key.
1: Yeah, right. And for moms, um, it's just so hard to know for them um, where – where can I help? Right. Cause moms, moms want to help. Dads want to help. But if, if you think about it, we are only responsible for our own behavior. Like we can't control anything outside of ourselves. Now, if you're parenting a, a child, a young teen, that's different. Most of, most of what I do is for adult adults. Um, mm-hmm. Addicted children. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a different scenario for them. You have to let go because um, what happens is the moms who don't let go end up becoming addicted to the cycle of helping mm-hmm. in unhealthy ways. And so, for instance, I had a mom in one of my support groups who had her child, her adult child, on an app on her phone so she could always see where that child was. And she would wake up in the middle of the night and search her phone to see where he was. Mm. And so she she became addicted to just looking at that all the time and worrying. Um, And so, but once, once you become healthy in your mind, body spirit and being able to believe in that, higher power of, you know, of God being in control, you're able to give it to him. Um, But something that I'm really working on too right now is being able to show parents, here's an empathy statement. And here's an enabling statement. And they're very different. Um, When, when you give, when you show empathy, you empower your child to find a way to help himself and when you enable you do something for your child that they can do themselves so one is very different than the other but when you're a mom it's kind of like it's really a it's it's a blurry um and we often forget that it's not our job to do things for them it our You know, our job is to encourage them to do things on their own and to believe in them. And sometimes that means just letting them take the consequences of something that is really, really hard. Mm -hmm. The One of the hardest things now is that a lot of times our addicted loved ones will end up in jail and then prison for an addiction. And... For from my point of view, it's like they're sick, but yet they're penalized for their illness. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm not talking about somebody who steals a car. I mean, what happens is the behavior in a, of an addict then will get them into trouble because they will steal or do anything because of their, you know, addiction to getting that substance. Mm-hmm. The only thing that their brain is telling them they need to survive. And so, um, I understand it. So, but I can't, I can't fix that problem. Right. I I mean, our jail system, that's a whole nother topic, but I am learning how to go into our jails and facilitate resilience recovery um, workshops. So, you know, it's kind of like, I can't help my son and daughter-in-law get well, right. They have to, they have to get their help on their own and find, find their spiritual help, um, tap into their resilience. But what I can do is put my efforts into my community or into moms or other places where I can educate and bring hope and let people realize you have everything inside you. Just like with the coronavirus, we have everything inside of us that we need to get us through this. If, if we can be, if we can believe in our higher power. so um, and allow Him to um, get us through that, get us through the difficult times. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and I go back to the reason that I developed this podcast <laughs> was, you know, the book that influenced me the most in my transformation of personal growth was the Fifteen Invaluable Laws of Growth. And and I thought about how to create something for people to have a platform to talk about the ways that they are realizing, becoming aware of their gifts, being intentional, having trade-offs, contributing, you know, expanding their beliefs. And so all these things that you're talking about, this is exactly why you're on Everyday Leaders, (laughs) because you're influencing the community in such a way that there is such a gap there's such a need there's so much value and people don't know where to turn when they're living in the middle of chaos they feel like they're the only ones that are, are experiencing it even though they may say well i you know i know there's other people that are doing it but it feels so lonely and it feels so powerless and and so what you are able to do is help people with the strategies and give them back that power to live their own life successfully, and know that they can still be a part of it, but let go. Yeah, and if you
1: if you notice even like everything that's going on um, in our communities right now or on Facebook, um, the coronavirus what what you're seeing a lot of is how everybody's sharing what they're doing online um they're able to share that together that hope that um you know i i, I did a something live the other day um with my granddaughter cuz we decided to make this um gratitude wall every day think of something we're grateful for instead of focusing on um something negative right and so but but it's it, it, we're able to go out there and and say to the world, "Me too. I've got this." And so I think when moms of addicted loved ones can come together and be able to say, "Hey, you mean there's other people out there like me?" Like the it's just so powerful when we can share that. So, um, anyway, I like, <laughs>
0: no, it is important. I, I don't know where <laughs> it is important. <laughs> I, I want to talk to people if they. Um, Want to right now? They can go to Mom's Letting Go, and um, and download your ebook, which is the Mom's Letting Go: the seven seven steps to uh, self recovery. And so, I I think it's really important. I just I have it up here on my computer, so I wanted to just kind of go through the the quick overview of the chapters. And for step one, you talk about the commitment. You know, the seed planting, the seed, making sure you have that foundation. Right, and and I think that uh, for the knowledge, right, understanding the problem.
1: Well, what I do in the book is I I take the mom. I wanted to use a metaphor that moms could relate to, and what mom doesn't like flowers, right? Mm-hmm. So, I take them through this self discovery of you're a seed, self seed, and then by the seventh step, they're blossoming as a flower. And if you have a seed, you know, you can just put it in an envelope and let it sit. But first you have to plant that seed. And if you're going to grow in your knowledge of how to get through, how to make yourself a priority, you've got to plant that seed. And so that's kind of how I take them through the seven steps. I this is I don't have my book in front of me, so I'm trying to find it here. Um, I'll guide you through on my it. computer. I know, I know. So I'm like, oh, don't, don't. Uh.
0: No, it's I good. haven't looked at it in a bit. So go, go so, ahead. Though. So yeah. your your first one is the commitment, and then the second one is germination. So the self awareness, and um, and it really leads Gosh. to becoming. You know, having that. I would say just really deep reflection time to know that, you know, how you're going to see this after you do this process, after you learn these seven steps, really being committed, as you say in the first one, and then learning, you know, the next steps, which is the germination and how we how you're gonna build that, right? How we're gonna water that and and fertilize what our beliefs are. And then you go through Uh, Let me go down here. Oh, my goodness, this is wonderful information. Everybody, go and download this right now. Uh, The next one is (laughs) breaking out the inner dialogue uh, for step three. Right, because
1: something else, um, we all do this, and not just moms of addicted loved ones, but sometimes we get these thoughts in our heads, about um, oh my goodness, my child is going to die. I, I mean, and so or it, I mean, it doesn't even have to be what. Like this is an example. One time, I couldn't sleep one night, and I was just tossing and turning. And I woke up and I said to my husband, "I just know something's wrong with him. He he relapsed, or um, maybe he's in jail. I, I something something's off. I can just feel it. I'm intuitive. I know." And so I texted him and I said, how did you sleep last night? And he goes, like a baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So what happens is we look in our head, like dictate and rule our whole emotion. And we don't even know them to be true, Mm -hmm. do we? Mm -hmm. And so I take them through in that, in that, um, step, like, do you really know these these
0: thoughts to be true? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I love the quote that you have here. You say, if your heart is broken, make art with the pieces. And, uh, you know, and I think that's just the honesty, right? That's the self-honesty to go, I, this isn't me. I'm not the character that's doing this, but you really do have to say, what can I control about it? And that's the hardest part because we want to fix everything, right? As mothers, you want to fix everything and make it a safe place.
1: Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, it, you know, when the kids were little, we would say, if anybody, you can do something to me, but don't you dare do it to my kids, right? So mm-hmm. you, you just want to protect them, right? And um, yeah, you can't really,
0: you can't really do that. No, it doesn't work. And, and so, you know, for people that are just realizing like, oh my goodness, this, I fit into this category, but I don't know, I don't even know how to start. Like it's a, it's scary because, well, you don't know my situation, right? And I'm sure you've heard that a lot. You don't know my situation. Yeah. It's different. Um, you know, I have to protect my kid. They don't have the capacity, even as an adult, they've been an, an addict for many years. They don't have the capacity to do this on their own. They have to have my help. I have to give them resources constantly. Right. And right. so what you do, your your whole life evolves around that one person. and and it really right it tears apart you, your family, your your community, the the things that you have the capacity to do in your own life because, um, because that's a distraction now instead of something that you're actually contributing to help, you know, And I think that's the biggest kind of like aha when you see this happening with a family, it's it makes your heart very sad because, um, you know, it's about equipping. And so when you talk through these seven steps, it's really about planting that seed, watering, fertilizing, taking those steps to grow through that process. And that is really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and in fairness to, it, if an adult or if an addict starts using, like, Say when they're seventeen or when they're a teenager, and they're now twenty-four. Um, their emotional age, they are still stuck at seventeen because what happens is, from the time they start using, they get um, their brain just kind of stops developing, and so even our son is thirty-eight. Um, he's starting over as if he were much younger. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But from a mom's point of view, that's also what makes it really difficult. We want to protect them because even though they're older, it's like they're in their brain, they're younger and so so compelled to continue to help them as if they were a minor.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So, but yeah, so then, in step four, I finally found this. yeah, I, I talk about the plan and having a vision statement, and so I encourage moms to like see where where do you want to be what what did you always doing mm-hmm. that you're not doing um, because we lose sight of of that and what's important to us um, and so, if if we can stop the cycle is because moms start playing these roles, right. And in the addiction crises, every time there's a crisis, I I'd, I'd sit down and I'd have this role where, okay, it's time to sit and talk and find about, figure out how we can regroup and work this through as a family. And yeah, they, that just doesn't work. Right? Kind of get out of that role and say, instead say, Oh, I'm really sorry that happened to you. So, Sounds like it's going to be tough to get out. I'll, I'll pray for you, you know, but I don't take on that responsibility. You know, but coming up with that new plan and that new vision statement, you know, that's different than anything we've done in the past. It's going to feel really wrong. It's going to feel awkward mm-hmm. anytime we try to do something different than what what we have mm-hmm. Um, so then in, um, let's see if I can, then in step five, um, we, we decide, okay, we're going to, we're going to, in four, we develop a plan and then in five, we implement that plan and we strengthen it. And so in order to implement the plan, we have to make sure that, you know, if it's our, our flower, you know, we have to fertilize it. You know, we have to let everybody in our family, media family understand, you know, we're going to make some changes or I'm going to make some changes and this is how it's going to come down. And this is what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And And, that's
0: hard because the um, commitment on when you decide that, you know, the strength that it takes to continue just to do that plan and not give in. Right. That's, that's the key. I think between steps four and five here that you outline is how do you really step into that fully? Because that's the scary part, right? You can think about it, you can write it down, you can say, "Here's what my strengths are," but then implementing it is the toughest part.
1: Yeah, and and it, like for my moms uh, on the Facebook page, I'll say, you know, when you're ready to um, implement this plan, share that on the page so that once you, so, so let's say, okay, you guys, I, I, I enforced this plan. Okay. Like I told my child, they couldn't come home. It was the first time I did this and, um, I built my resource page. So, and I, and, you know, I shared my resource page and made sure they had it with them. So they can go for help. Right. Um, myself, I do what you guys can So then, Everybody groups in, around that person who posted that and, and and prays for them and encourages them and just gives them strength. Um, and so this is a budding process of they're starting to bud. As a, um, they could, just like their addicted loved ones, they could relapse and waffle and say, oh, I can't do it. I let my child come home and take a shower or whatever it is. Right. Mm -hmm. That's okay. That's okay. We, this new, this is tough. Um, But we're going to be here to, if you want to try it again. Mm -hmm. And so that step six is, you know, sometimes progress and it's reflecting, you know, what have I done right? What's working and, and knowing that maybe what we're doing isn't going to work for our child, but it's going to keep us alive. It's going to keep us healthy. Um, as in, in our giftedness, because if we're spending all our energy trying to help our child who, who can't get help or won't help himself or herself, um, what about our other children that we're neglecting? What about our spouses? You know, for, for a while, my husband was like, you I'm over here. Like, do you remember me? Like, I'm not, <laughs> I, I need some of your attention. Um, we, we forget that. And so anyway, so even, so in our step six or seven um, we can't even help other people or be the people in our family, if all their energy is going in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So,
0: well, and I think it, about we start single parents, Go ahead. right? For single um, oh, yes. or divorced parents, right, that are trying to struggle with how do you cope and the guilt of, you know, how, why did this happen? Even if it's been something new or for many years, it's still difficult to kind of, you want to pinpoint the reason. And so I think your group and your Facebook page and, and your resources are really critical for people to just kind of start going back to the beginning and laying it out. You know, what do I believe about this? What do I have control over? What do I need to resource myself with to make this a better situation? Because you know, life is meant to to use our strengths and our purpose to help others. And if we're feeling like we're afraid or we don't have control or or it's just chaotic, right? This is Um, your whole program gives people a sense to come back to kind of the center and have balance in their life. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that is, um, easier said than done for sure for everybody, not just, um, you know, we always have to be intentionally looking at ourselves and how to be a better version of ourselves. And, um, you know, just reflecting on what's working and what's not. Um, I I often tell people when you hear yourself, and I do this with myself. If you hear yourself saying, "I am so stressed, stressed," or "I am so frustrated right now," you know, stop and say, "What what preceded this? What is it that I can personally do to um, change the course of how I'm feeling?" Because and, and our girls, um, our grand girls went through trauma therapy for quite a while and they learned all about red, yellow and green zones and recognizing when they're in their green zone and what that looks like. And then when they're in their yellow zone um, and, and stopping when they're in a yellow zone, when they feel themselves getting to the point where they're on the bridge of, just feeling such panic or fear about something or anger or whatever, sadness, like before you get into your red zone, stop, look, listen, you know, what is it? And how can you, what can you do? You know, can you take a, uh, a timeout to, um, maybe pause, pray, play with the dog, take the walk, take a walk and, you know, their therapist was able to help them with well, what kind of things can help bring you back to your green if you're in your yellow zone. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and if moms can learn to do that with their addicted loved ones, um, and and bring themselves back to that self care, that that peaceful part of themselves. Um, over and over again, what is that? And it's different, like you said, it's different for everybody. Those are our gift zones. Like, when you, when I feel, a mom will sometimes share something about something she tried and it worked, and I will sit there and cry in my green zone because I'm so filled with happiness that something I'm doing is bringing value to somebody. I mean, to me, there's just no greater reward, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when we can find that gift zone and, and find a way to stay in that, it's priceless. It's, it's, it's who,
0: it's what God created us to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I love your journey. I mean, I know here it is, right. And in, in you're on a podcast. And so people that are listening to this either have headphones on or they're on their computers and they're listening or they're on Alexa, whatever they're listening to. But, the strategies for people that can share this to help someone in their life that says, you know, this is my neighbor, this is my sister, this is my brother, this is my nephew, this is my niece. You know, mm-hmm. how can I now connect to a program and a process that can at least validate some steps and to help me, you know, start to gain, gain resources that I may not have known that are available and then I think community like you said, building this Facebook community to be able to keep people accountable to their own decisions of saying, I am going to commit to something new or something different that you can all uh, wrap your arms around and support each other in. I think that's really what we're finding today, right? Here we have the coronavirus. right, And it's mm-hmm. another way for people to connect socially without going to a group meeting uh, and sitting next to each other because sometimes the embarrassment of that stepping into that and saying okay I'm showing up who else is in the room right but if you if you go onto mm-hmm. a forum yeah. it's more okay here here I am and I may may just be able to watch and listen until I get comfortable in sharing and and I think that's right. the value right well that
1: in people feel like they're not judged because other people are going through the same thing yep so it's, um, and it's with addiction. It happens to, I used and I used to be one of those. I used to think, well, addiction just happens to those people who are in poverty. They're not educated. And if they were educated, they wouldn't have this problem. Shame on me. I mean, I really, I really had, um, adverse views of, of people who became addicts. Um, so, I, I understand it. I was on that side at one point. So I, I get it. But um, I think with like the coronavirus, there's there's a sense of community with it. I don't, Every morning, I know this sounds awful, but I can't wait to get up and feel connected to the world and find out what's going on and how people are coping with this. Um, because... I think it just helps me have hope that we're not alone, right? Mm -hmm. We're all struggling with this um, differently. But, and it's, you know, people are really open about solutions and what's helping them when they're struggling through the the virus, what's working, what's not working, and, and that type of thing too, or how they're coping with teaching their kids, how they're getting toilet paper, <laughs> however, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and all different ways. But so, yeah. So I I do have a podcast. Like I don't, I don't. I, when I started it, it was just to help me bring value to others. It was over a year ago, and I would just get in my car, get in my closet, and always come up with a topic, and then just speak fifteen to twenty minutes. On different pieces of it, when our son ended up in jail, I got on my podcast and talked about what that was like. Um, some raw moments of how we chose to leave him there, mm-hmm. and how difficult that was, and how I got through it. So, if if somebody just wants to listen, um, they can go to Mom's Letting Go Without Giving Up. Um, it's it's a podcast. I don't really advertise it anywhere. Um, I haven't really done anything with it other than just to share it for others to bring them hope right now.
0: What a great resource. Um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but I, so it's yours. I, I, I mean, because, um, if you look at just the seven steps in my little book, it, you can apply those seven steps to no matter what kind of crisis you're dealing with in your life. And it, you know, as a parent, you, you're always trying to do the right thing, the next right thing for your child. And we don't always know what that is, but if we lose sight of who we are, we've lost it all. And that's just what I do. I just try to bring moms back to who God created them to be by letting go and without giving up on our children. So we just have to keep hoping and praying. But it's hard because, you know, all the time somebody's dying. Yeah.
0: And your, and your innate nature is to want to help and fix it all and make it all better. And so, you know, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not an easy journey. And I just applaud you. I wanted to celebrate you, Michelle, for what you do and why you do it. I think that's the key. Why you do it is because you've been there, you've experienced it, and you just want to help people. And so I want to encourage yeah, people today. You. Yeah. Uh, Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up and, um, you know, this mother's journey of helping others with um, children that are addicted. And so I want to go over these topics again. So the the book, you can download the ebook, Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up. And the, the seven steps, again, I'm just going to review this, um, the commitment, the self-awareness, going through your inner dialogue, what you believe, creating your plan, implementing your plan, having the reflection and the vision, and then being able to live a new life through this. Um, and so I think all these steps, Michelle, that you've taken us through, this is so, so critical for others. And I'm hoping that we can get this word out for you. Uh, people can download this book. They can go to your podcast and uh, and listen to this authentic you know, journey that you have had. And and I know you're going to help so many people sure. and I'm so proud of you.
1: Oh, thanks so much. You make me emotional. But I, one other thing I just want to say too is uh, the book is available uh, paperback at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. It's kind of like a journal. And so if you're one of those um, people who like to touch and feel and hold it and yep. write in it, it's available there too. Um, the ebook, of course, you can go through it, print it out, um, but a lot of it is self-reflection and journaling. So um, just just know that there there's that option too. And uh, ask to join. You can go to our private group, Moms Letting Go, on Facebook. Um, and I I'm doing like my first Zoom call today. We're gonna try to get some moms on a call where we can just um, pray together because our addicted loved ones and this virus are really, really scary yeah. for, for us. So our, our, our children's bodies are so compromised already. And if they get the virus, I, yeah, it's just not, not, not a positive thought, but yeah. So I think that's that those, those are for now um, the resources that I have available. I'm going to be building some courses, because I feel like education, so many moms don't understand. It's like, why did this happen to my child? So I'm building some things, too, that um, will be coming out in the future. I do little resilient workshops and things like that, too. So just starting where I am. But thank you so much, Melanie, for giving me this opportunity to share hope and um, bring awareness to to this whole um, problem. And
0: solution. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you for being, like I say, an everyday leader. This is what we do. And so (laughs) congratulations. And, And I know your journey's not over and it's not easy. So we really celebrate you, Michelle. Thank you so much for being on the program today.
1: Thank you. My pleasure.
0: Take care.